I was wondering if it would be a huge imposition, everyone to come in the middle section. Would that would that be doable? I know I hate to ask to be asked to do that, but if you just this once, I appreciate it so very much. Thank you. <clears throat> if you just can't I understand that too. You may be seated. The Lord bless. Thank you. <laughs> Glory. Uh, Sister Grant was telling us the, how many were out sick and away and whatever. And um, so I offered that we just drink coffee and eat donuts for this first hour. Maybe pray a little bit, thank the Lord and whatever. And uh, Yes, she said, uh, well, I won't tell you what she said, okay? So, we are happy to be back in Baytown today. <clears throat> happy and about the tremendous energy and upbuilding of your area. Tremendous opportunity for revival. <clears throat> Amen? Praise the Lord. Someone told me when I was just about 20 years old that that uh, person of experience said that my ministry indicated, any ministry I think I have, indicated that I was about victorious Christian living. And that has proven true throughout the years. <clears throat> I seldom get off of it. Everyone, uh, everyone has their candy stick. Some it's the wonders of God. Some it's holiness. Um, some it's uh, prophecy in the end of times and all of that. But I, I want to live victoriously in the Lord and for the Lord. I want to, his power, his glory to be seen in me, through me, and to others. Amen. And I know that there are a lot of people that if, if the truths could be told, if it was allowed to be told and received that there are a lot of people uh, in our churches that are very miserable. They're not successful. They're not satisfied in their prayer life. They're not successful in their word of God life. They're just they're just miserable. But we many of us maintain a an image. We maintain an outer thing because, after all, it would be a shame if anyone knew the truth. And so we go on, and as long as we could get by with that, then, you know, we hope to make heaven our home and flip our skirt in and sit down. Amen? <clears throat> so um, it doesn't have to be that way. But I don't know about you. As long as I can put it off another day, then... We'll do another day, another time, another time. And then we look forward to things in this life to help keep us lifted, boosted, so that we can process. So I, I would like just uh, for these next few moments here to uh, speak about the path to victory, the path to victory. And it is my plan, uh, the Lord continuing this way, to uh, continue through our month with you all. <clears throat> We'll be here 
throughout December, except for the 16th, which you have a Christmas event, and uh, you won't need us for entertainment. So, <clears throat> praise God. So, the first thing that has to happen in on the path to victory is we have to get rid of old mindsets. In the next few minutes, we'll be talking about things that are very painful to us, mindsets. What is a mindset? A mindset is a way of thinking. It is a pattern of thinking. Um, and, and a lot of us, when we came to the Lord, we were instructed, admonished, and exhorted to get rid of the bad language in our life, which is uh, four-letter words and so on, and slang and stuff like that. Um, uh, I remember when I was able to say hot dog and not get censored for that. I thought, wow, I've got me one cuss word that I can use in school. Amen. And um, But I, I, everything else was off the table. <laughs> no, 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 no. None of those G-O-L-L-Ys or G-O-S-H or any of those things. Those were euphemisms for very bad things. And so we thought, uh, because that was the only thing that was held up to us as something that needed to be removed from our life, we just passed over a lot of other things that were that were the outgrowth of bad ways of thinking. Uh, many of these have been started in our life by, by some of the highest people in our estimation, uh, spiritually gifted people. Uh, my, my father, when he was uh, very ill, I would go to him and try to share with him, Dad, let's change our way of thinking here. And uh, after several attempts at that, he looked at me and held his hand out and said, son, what will be, will be. And that was kind of a spiritual mindset. That's an outgrowth of what I call fatalism, which is uh, accepting whatever comes into our life because of the erroneous thinking that God is in control of everything. In a sense, that is true. He is, he is in control of the orbit of the earth. But over 300 times in Scripture, it says, if my people. So I have something to do with certain outcomes in life, right? If I drink gasoline and then complain about being at death's door, uh, I can't blame that up to God because God is not in control of that. I did that. Isn't that right? So I have to back away from these statements and these ways of thinking and, and, and learn something. These things were anchored in the natural flesh understanding of how to walk with God. And they are supported by logic. They're supported by statistics and natural experiences. They're supported by logic Statistics, natural statistics that say, well, here is the law of averages. That's another thing. The law of averages says this, that, or the other. And when we have enough uh, experiences in our life that seem to go against what the Word of God teaches, then we are, we're very tempted to go with our experiences. Right. I was riding along with my, my brother-in-law, uh, this, this last week, and he uh, was talking about someone who had been ill, and he said, you know, they tried to hold to their faith, and, you know, he said, you know, and he's not a church attender, but he was raised in the Baptist faith. He said, but, you know, uh, you know prayer works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. 
And the reason I didn't get anybody to run the aisle or anything right there because a lot of us think that too. We think that. We don't want to admit that because we got the corner on God's market. Huh? After all, I prayed and nothing happened. But I'm, I, I can think of one reason right now. You ask, but you ask amiss. Come on, there's one reason why prayers fail, right? Sometimes we don't stand by and give God time. If You know, if we pray for something, we feel of it, and it ain't gone, well, pfft, prayer didn't work. No, no, give it time. Come on, we cut a pine tree down. The needles are green for days. But we say, she's dead. How do we know that? It's cut off. Well, when God says something and we do what he said, we must stand by his word regardless of logic, regardless of human reasoning, regardless of statistics, and regardless of human experiences. We must, hey, I didn't say it was easy. Sometimes you got your whole family looking at you and chanting the world's reasonings, telling you how foolish you are, how stupid you are. Come on. There was a lady in our church at home. She, she, was, she, was a little, she was a little bit of a goober, but she stood by the word of God. I mean, she stood by the word of God. You know what? And the word worked for her, but because of the goober side of her, my dad said she ain't got enough sense to even worry. Huh? Didn't have enough sense to worry. But I, I saw her and I saw outcomes in her life as a result of her standing by the word. When we'd have testimony service, everybody remember testimony service? Y'all are in a church where they had testimony service. We had a testimony service, just about every service. And where everybody else would get up, you know, uh, I, the devil's been after me all week, bless his holy name, you know, glory to God, and that kind of garbage. Well, she'd get up and quote a verse of scripture. And everybody thought, at the same time, we're saying, boy, we live by the word. We are stickler for the word. But basically, as Acts 2.38, if you hold in the scriptures, that was all. I said that was all. And we just breezed over everything else and didn't pay attention to that. Romans 12, verse 2 said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wait a minute. I thought when I got the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, fell out, had hot oil and sweet flower smells and all that, that that was what transformed me. Yes, that began the transformation. That was the beginning and, the, and the, that was the new birth right there. But he said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's talking to the church. Come on, we are, we're not to just, you know, just jiggle and shout and cry a little bit every now and then. And that is our transformation, although those things feel good. But in Pentecost, our deal has been we have, we have relied on the feelings of our walk with God rather than the truth of God's word. Amen? I was thinking just a couple of days ago how... Uh, different songs have been written. I'm getting ahead of myself. Different songs have been written that make us, they make us feel good. Huh? But there is not, I mean, I'd almost rather sing Blessed Be the Holy Trinity as to sing some of those songs because they are riddled with untruth. But because they make us feel good as we're thinking about God and at church, 
that must be God. Don't shout me down. Come on. And, and we, we, we sing those songs. Uh, you know, in all forms of, of, of music, uh, authors of songs, secular as well as religious, they attempt to insert what they call a hook in a song. And that hook is what gets in your mind. You say, man, I can't shake that thing. I've been singing that crazy song all day. And really it's a phrase in that song that got in your mind. And it becomes sometimes the title of the song, that hook. I'm lying here with Linda on my mind and next to be the soon to be the one I left behind. You know, just, God, how did that get in my brain? And then all of a sudden, memories will, something will work and and you're thinking about a song you heard 50 years ago or 30 years ago. Come on, you, you hear it. Get in the mall and you hear, you know, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle rock, you know, and you're, could not, and before you know it, you're going down the highway. You're singing Jingle Bell Rock. Huh? So we have to, we have to, if you're really serious about victory, if you really want victory, because when you, if you still hold to those ways of thinking, when you attempt to walk by faith, those things are going to weaken your determination to walk in faith. Just a few days ago, I preached for a pastor, and we talked about faith and believing God. And, man, he was, glory to God. My God, that's good. I tell you what, I heard that message, glory. And, and then the next breath, he said, you know, I hope this heart thing turns out all right. If not, I'll be a dead duck. You know what I'm saying? And I thought, Jesus, help. Amen? Say, well, ain't it the truth? I mean, that's what the doctor said. That's what we're talking about is picking up on God's word and letting God's word, God's provisions be paramount, foremost, above all in our lives. Right? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, I'd like to read the same verse from the message, another translation. So here's... Here, here it is. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. The change of a way of thinking, even though it is spiritual to you, must be a decision of your will. It must be daily worked on. I, I, I am still amazed. Uh, you know, we, we used to have good Sunday night shout and run the aisle service. And then you'd, I would measure how long I kept the feeling. Because the feeling was everything. 
We had a good church, you know, Sunday night. My God, what happened? Oh, man, I don't know. God moved. Really? What happened when he moved? Well, we were in the house. Glory. Sister so-and-so fell out under the piano and laid there for three hours. Glory to God. What else happened? What, what is a move of God? Man, the other, the other lady, she's over crying her eyes out and did so for a solid hour. But then the word instructs us to expect fruit, growth, change. Sunday night shouting service, oh, I don't care how bad. I was just trying to monitor that feeling to keep the feeling. I found myself now doing that with coffee. I just try to see how long I can keep the morning feeling, right? Isn't that right? Or a piece of pie, how long can I keep this exhilaration that is going on in my chemistry right now? Mm, come on. It was not about checking, measuring, looking, seeing, has there been any change? Or just was I under the influence of something? You know, drinking doesn't, drinking alcohol does not change anything except your chemistry and kills some bunch of brain cells. That's all it does. But in the process, oh, it changes people, right? Just for a few hours or whatever. But it's not good change. We must measure the word of God and see, Lord, I felt your spirit. I felt your power. But what changed? What changed? And, um, you know, there, there are levels of the anointing that, that are meant for far more than me to run the aisles. Far more than me to speak with tongues under an unction. It is meant to distribute the goodness of God, the healing virtue of God, the, the life-changing baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why these levels of anointing come to us. It must be daily worked upon. It must be daily worked upon. I consciously have been studying vigorously the life of faith consciously since 1979 was interested in it and pecked at it before that. And I am still amazed at the mind versus the natural world, the spiritual mind versus the natural world. The, the prophet Jeremiah said, this I recall to mind and therefore have I hope. If you just go without the word for a few hours or a few days, you will slide into hopelessness and faithlessness and you will be diminished in your victory. See, we, th we think because we read a few scriptures in the morning that that is it. But Jesus said, abide in me and let my words abide in you. And then you'll ask what you will. Things will change. I hope I'm okay so far. Some of these old ways of thinking are so much a part of a part of us that when we start to change them, we think we're going against God. He'll use uh, 
uh, I, I know of a, a missionary friend who has been very gifted in praying thousands of people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost in his field in Africa. And we started talking about this subject here, and I said, no, healing is for He said, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. And he started calling out people who had died, who had been prayed for, thus proving to him that it's not up to us, it's up to God to choose when and if we leave the planet. And it amazes me how many people say, it was time for them to go, God took them. Car accident? Really? Well, I mean, you know, if he's in control of everything and he allowed that to happen, and we always point back to Job, you need to reread the book of Job and find out that Job's problem came as a result of his ways of thinking and speaking. But we counter that with Job was a righteous man. That's right. So was Elisha, miracle man, but he died with a sickness. You out there, you going home. But the covenant that God established with Elisha and all of Israel was no sickness. Read Deuteronomy 28. That's, his, that's the covenant. If you'll hearken diligently, diligently to my voice, I will put none of these diseases. It said, okay, there it is. God said, I will. In the Hebrew, it is the permissive sense of the word. I will permit none of these diseases. But you have to stand in the covenant to resist that. And... There again, because I resist it one time, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. That may be a few minutes. It may be a few hours. Should we just go drink coffee and eat donuts? Talking about ways of thinking. And then when we talk about some precious, sainted soul, top of the mountain that didn't get it, that proves to us underlings, us little bitty people, who am I? If they couldn't do it, then who am I? <clears throat> but you can see that Elisha, power source, double anointing guy, died with a disease. That doesn't mean that because one thing about me is perfect, that everything about me is perfect. Come on. My dad was, probably could have been counted pretty perfect. Second row saint. Vacations were where there was a church. It was not built around Disney World. It was built around a good church somewhere. Let's go there. Huh. Tied, support, submitted to the pastors, etc., etc. I went with him to prayer meeting. I heard him pray. 
I knew he could pray. A gifted man in the spirit. But when it came time, the ways of thinking were what will be will be because no one had instructed him, stand against this in Jesus' name. The word is in you. By his stripes, you are healed. Come on. Now, the reason why we are so stunted this morning and kind of got a crook in our back and slid down on our tailbone at hearing this is because we haven't heard it. But it's Bible. Come on. It would be all the same if you were a group of Episcopalians and never heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You'd be sitting there looking like, whoa, who's this guy? Come on. I don't know. That sound, it sounds good, but I don't know. Grandma, you know, our past, I just don't know. We're uncertain. And as long as you're uncertain, you cannot believe. You may hope a little bit, but you cannot believe. Oh, we came in this morning hoping that we would get a good lunch after church. And there was a certain measure of faith there because Brother Grant and Sister Grant have never failed us in that regard. Never have. But still, I did not have the word for today. Didn't have it. I came in in hope. Man. But this precious lady came up and in my hearing spoke a word concerning lunch. I am now in faith. I can testify to you, and I'm not going to tell you, I can testify to you where I am going and what I will, something, you know, I'll be eating lunch of some kind. I will be eating today. Glory to God, I have that word. The word is what changed me. I cannot go on past experiences. I cannot go on statistics, doctor statistics. I cannot go on the logic of this world. Isaac sowed his seed in a land that was smitten with famine. But because he was in the lineage of the faithful, he reaped a hundredfold. He said, boy, I'd like for that to be me. Good, great. Get in the word and resist every natural thing that comes against you. Does that mean I don't go to the doctor? No. If that's where your faith is, that's where God will meet you. Come on. He'll show up at the clinic. Come on. But if you're the place, I don't know, man, they ain't no, I don't, God, I've been to 19 doctors and none of them helped me, then you, you're probably not going to get anywhere. But if your faith is at the place that I believe God is going to give us the right kind of doctor, God is going to work with us, we're going to have it in Jesus' name. That's where God will be there. He'll be there wherever, wherever you set the clicker. People that hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they come into a service and say, today I'm getting it. They just set the click, boop, right there. And it could be the deadest service you have ever seen. But they come and receive the Holy Ghost. Why is that? They set the margin. Glory. Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Time's getting away. 
what do what do these ways of thinking sound like? I, I've listed some of them. Here's one. I just feel like something bad is going to happen. Just wake up in the morning and just, you know, because we're Holy Ghost people. We're tuned to atmospheres. We feel the victory and we feel evil. And you know the only thing that shifts it is a word. A word. Some of us heard that elder President Bush passed away. And all of a sudden it's like something tries to settle upon us. Oh, it's not, it's not grief. It's, oh, God. I wonder what else the evil minions of the world are going to try to pull off at this time, at this season. I just feel like something bad is going to happen. It'd be a good song. I just feel like something bad is going to happen. I just feel that something bad is on its way. Satan has promised that he'd open all the windows. And brother, it could happen any day when God's people get together. And it's amazing how many of us all have to do is whisper, brother, I don't know, why are you so sad? Uh, Man, had a burden. Have you prayed about it? No, but I just felt it. I just felt it. Because sometimes when you pray, the Spirit of God will come in and show you the difference. He the Word of God, the Spirit of God is able to separate things. Joints in the marrow. Hmm? He is able to separate your soulish man, which is susceptible to this natural world, from your spiritual man. Let me just throw this in. The, the tabernacle was the Holy of Holies. And then the next court and then the outer court. Right? It was the high priest that maintained what went on in the Holy of Holies. Okay? But the other two courts were up to the priests, the other, other occupants. It was up to them to maintain the right way of doing things. Does that, that corresponds to us, spirit, soul, body. Body being the outer court. It is up to us to maintain the body and the soul. And as we commune with him, he manages and maintains the spirit man or the holy of holies. I can't think of the guy's name, but he wrote about the tabernacle life, the, the, the Solomon's temple, the life that went on in there, and there was 24-hour guards going on. If they found one of them asleep because there were guards that guarded the guards, and if they found that the guard that guarded the guards found one of the guards asleep, they set his clothes on fire. That's a good reminder. Don't go to sleep. Right. And so you and I have to be vigilant. Is that what Peter said? Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, we think we're vigilant if we still believe in Acts 2.38. We think we're vigilant if we are still not smoking, drinking, dipping, and chewing and running the people who do. We think we're vigilant in that. But then other things come into our life and they just, hey, we got the, let me open the garage door for you. Come on in. 
Back up and let me help you unload it. Junk. Trash. Works of the devil. We let it come in. Instead of saying, no way. You're not coming here. You're not delivering that here. It is not going to happen at this house. It is not going to happen in this body. In Jesus' name. So when we feel, I just feel like something bad is going to happen, go to prayer. One of the greatest men of God that, that pastored just down the road from here, he said many times I would wake up, get up, and I would have a foreboding, a sense of doom that would come upon me. And he said, but I would go to prayer. And as I prayed, the Holy Ghost would separate that from me and show me that it was just a, a, a satanic atmosphere. Listen, he's the prince of the power of the air. Okay, but we insist on the dominion, our dominion, our authority when we recognize that for what it is and throw it out. Because if it's the Holy Ghost that's giving you that foreboding, the Holy Ghost will assist you in praying about it. Come on. All of a sudden there'll be strength and you'll begin to bear into that and pray pray against that in the name of Jesus. And indeed it is the Spirit of God that has shown you, but it's only the Spirit of God that can show you the difference. Uh, Satan, when you have that bad feeling, he wants you to declare it, to speak it. The second thing is, I'm just going to trust the Lord. My dad went to Bible school in San Antonio way back, mm, 40s maybe, late 40s. And there were some of the kooks there. Those were the days when Men oiled their hair, combed it. And dad asked one of them, said, hey, bushy head, why don't you oil your hair? He said, oh, I'm trusting God for that oil. Dad said, well, I'm going to trust him for the quarter and go buy mine. So just trusting the Lord. You know, I'm just going to leave this yard all up to the Lord. I mean, he made the grass. I'm just, I've given it to him. I'm not going to worry about it. This car, I mean, I know it needs oil. I'm going to trust the Lord with this car. And he knows about the oil. He can purify that. I know that gas gauge is on E, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Amen. You know he's able to let me just run thousands of miles when it says E. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is, but he has delegated that to you. Right? We don't trust the Lord to fill our stomachs, do we? You can tell I hadn't been trusting him, I'm telling you. No, sir, we in there. Mama, it's time to rattle some pans. Come on here. Isn't that right? Or learn to rattle him yourself better. Praise God. Give her a break. Thank you, Jesus. Things are left up to us. We, need to, we have to change. We have to make a conscious decision. Let me get this and I'll quit. God is in control. Satan wants you to leave the results up to him because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
Because when we change these mindsets, I'm going to tell you how to do that next Sunday. Okay? If you're interested, come next Sunday. All right? Glory to God. Amen? I'm Craig Ashcroft, and I approve of this message. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.